This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm Wes Bleed. Welcome to another edition of WQA Radio, where you get the latest news and insights about water treatment and filtration. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. This is podcast number 53. Coming up on WQA Radio. Chloride discharge is actually the primary driving force behind the softener bans that we see around the country. So it's one of the biggest environmental issues and regulatory issues that we deal with at the association. That's WQA's Interim Product Certification Director, Eric Yegi, talking about the top challenges facing the water treatment industry in 2018. And we'll hear how those challenges will be addressed at the upcoming WQA convention and exposition in March. Plus our WQA tip, a new resource available on WQA.org. First, a word about the WQA Business Operations Boot Camp. This is a great opportunity for dealers who want some concrete ideas about running their business and boosting their profits. This one-day boot camp takes place March 25th in Denver, one day before the WQA convention opens. You can register for boot camp at the same time you register for a convention. But do it now. Seating is limited. WQA members can take advantage of a tremendous discount on boot camp registration. It's the WQA Business Operations Boot Camp. Go to wqa.org slash bootcamp. On to my conversation with Eric Yegi. Eric, nice to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us, and Happy New Year. Glad to be here, Wes. Thanks again. Now, um, as we start the new year, 2018, and we're looking at the kinds of issues the water treatment industry faces, the challenges ahead, could you give us maybe your top three? I think the top three for 2018 will be chloride discharge, which is a bit of a challenge, uh, PFCs, uh, and lead, which are both opportunities. All right, let's take them one by one. So uh, let's go with the chloride discharge. So chloride discharge happens when we regenerate a softener. When we regenerate a softener, it releases sodium chloride into the waste stream. The sodium's not usually much of an issue, but the chloride can be problematic to for the wastewater treatment plant to remove, and it tends to go right through the wastewater treatment plant and is then discharged into the stream, which it's not terribly toxic, but If it builds up over time to specific levels, it can get to the point where it becomes a problem. Chloride discharge is actually the primary driving force behind the softener bans that we see around the country. So it's one of the biggest environmental issues and regulatory issues that we deal with at the association. Is it a problem in any particular area? It, it does it is definitely geographical it depends upon the background chloride levels which already exist in the stream and if they're fairly low then softener discharge is not usually an issue it also depends on the level of hardness in the water in the area because if you have a higher level of hardness you're going to have more chloride discharge because you're softening you're doing more softening work so you're going to be re- regenerating the softeners more frequently what's happening on the technological side of that in order to mitigate that issue 
On the technical side, there's a lot that uh, companies can do to optimize softeners to reduce chloride discharge. And companies of all the manufacturers have been working on more modern softeners, which are much more efficient than they were 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, how do you see the, the issue moving forward in the next, say, 9 to 12 months? Mm-hmm. We've seen the industry taking a lot of proactive measures to address this issue, especially in areas of the country where it's becoming more more of a regulatory problem. And we expect that the industry will continue to respond admirably in that regard and, and to take proactive measures to help utilities get their chloride levels down by optimizing softeners. Okay, very good. That was one of the challenges. And then you mentioned, I know you mentioned lead, and I know you mentioned PFCs. Which do you Mm -hmm. want to take first? So PFCs is an emerging contaminant category. It stands for perfluorinated chemicals. The ones that people have probably heard the most about are PFOA and PFOS, but there are many different perfluorinated chemicals, and they're used in a wide variety of industries. They tend to be very mobile and persistent in the aquifers. So once they get in the aquifer, they're really... They move around, and they're difficult to remove. Let's, let's, let's go back to the cause or the source of these. And, and, and I, I know in the past, listening to you, it has to, they, they are uh, often a problem around military bases or airports, are they not? Yes. One of the places that they first started finding really high levels of PFCs was around airports because they're used in firefighting foam. And airports tend to have practices out in the open where they're trying to practice putting out a plane that's on fire. And the firefighting foam then runs off into the ditch and ends up getting into the groundwater. Okay. All right. So let's, again, talk about the challenge. So we have the challenge, mm-hmm. and they're also so unregulated. The, they are unregulated, and the centralized treatment plants were not really designed to remove perfluorinated chemicals. So oftentimes they will pass right through the treatment plant uh, without any removal or with very little removal. And so homeowners are looking for other options to uh, install in their home that would remove these, these types of contaminants. And what can our members do to respond to this challenge? So there's a, a wide variety of technologies that can be used to treat for PFCs. The reverse osmosis units were the first application that was tested and certified for removal of PFCs. There's also now filtration systems that are being tested and certified for removal of PFCs. And it's looking like there's a lot of evidence that ion exchange might be pretty effective at removing PFCs as well. All right, let's move on to lead. So in terms of lead, Lead is interesting in that it is easily removed by the centralized treatment plant, but it is picked up as the water then passes through the pipes and fittings to reach your home, or even in the pipes and fittings within your home. There's millions of lead service lines still in existence across the country, and it's going to take us decades to remove them all. And it's not just the lead service lines that cause this issue. There's galvanized pipes that leach lead. There's also older copper and brass pipe and fittings. There's solder that leaches lead. So there's a lot of different sources of lead in the premise plumbing and in the distribution system. And it's going to be with us for a long time. And the, the, the solution for that right now is to put a final barrier in your home to remove the lead at the point of use or point of entry. 
All right, so it's such as a water filter that might yep. be affixed to your faucet or, as you say, a point of entry, mm-hmm. um, which could be a whole house system of some kind. Yep. And as we look ahead to the March convention in Denver, the WQA convention and exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, how will these issues that you're talking about be addressed in our education sessions? So good question. The There is a track on IN Exchange um, which in which we will cover the topic of optimization, which ties in with the chloride discharge uh, challenges. And uh, that topic will be, um, the speaker for that will be Chubb Mashad, who's very knowledgeable on the topic of softener uh, optimization. Also on PFCs, we will have several good sessions on PFCs. There's going to be a speaker from NEHA, the National Environmental Health Association, who's going to talk about the health impacts of PFCs. And there will also be Rick Cook uh, from Culligan talking about potential options for removal of PFCs. And on lead, we will have a speaker from Virginia Tech who is going to give a presentation on lead in private wells, which is not an issue that uh, is on a lot of people's radar, but uh, the research they have done at Virginia Tech shows that lead is also an issue in private wells. All right, Eric, thank you very much. In this portion of WQA Radio, we're joined by Heather Duve, who is the Membership Relations Manager at WQA and the first time joining us on WQA Radio. Heather, nice to have you. Thanks for having me, Wes. Now, I know it's membership renewal time. It's always a very important time at WQA, a very busy time for your department. What can you tell us about what members need to know right now about dues renewal? Well, as you know, and probably the members know by now, the process is a little different this year. This year, members can choose between E, core, and premier memberships. After discussions with members, the membership committee, and the board, we developed this membership structure to provide members with the specific benefits they are looking for. Members can go to wqa.org membership where they can see the specific benefits for E, core, and premier. All right. And Premier, as I understand it, is what used to be dues. Used to be dues honor roll. So new okay. name change, same kind of situation, but a new name for Premier. All right. Premier and the, members. Right. And so, again, wqa.org slash membership for all the details. Correct. Or nice, call me. Yeah, I've got a nice graphic there on the web page. You Wonderful get all graphic. the different benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and figure out what might be best for you, although dues levels will apply based on the usual standards. Right? Exactly. This is just another way to help the members pick and choose what they need most. All right. Is there a time frame we're talking about? Any kind of a, is there a firm deadline here? Well, yes. Um, And actually, that's the most important thing that members should know right now is if they haven't um, sent in their payment or let us know what they're doing, um, we need to have that done by the end of January. And I would hate for anyone to miss out on all the wonderful benefits because we haven't received their payment. Okay. So again, January 31st. Correct is the deadline. Please give us a call, send an right. email. We need to have you renew, right, exactly. renew your membership uh, again by January 31st. Heather, thank you very much. Appreciate sure. it. Thank you. Our WQA tip, WQA's member resources page is now including an unregulated contaminant map, which allows users to drill down to the county level to see a list of up to 30 contaminants which public water systems are required to report to the U.S. EPA. The contaminants are unregulated, 
but the data may be used to influence future regulations. The map includes data over the three most recent years of reporting. You can see the map at wqa.org slash programs services slash resources slash contaminant map. And a reminder, now is the time to post a position on WQA's Career Center. Use promo code WQA2018, all one word, WQA2018, between now and January 31st to receive 15% off your posting fee. Start 2018 out right and post a job today. Go to wqa.org careers. Well, thanks for listening to WQA Radio, where you get the latest news and insights about water treatment and filtration. Learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member, all at wqa.org. And we say thanks one more time to our guest, WQA's Interim Product Certification Director, Eric Yegi. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio. WQA Radio.